He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. Um, can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about, uh, things? I know guys on crack that makes more sense than you. Finally, some honesty. Oh, man. White Bat Audio. What are you doing? This is just beautiful. Oh, yes. Welcome to the Disorderly Show. Face for Radio here with you. And, man, I don't know. That just gets me in the mood to get going, doing it well. Just love White Bat Audio's tunes. This one's called Salt in the Wound. For those of you who are wondering how to get your hands on finding, well, you just go to YouTube, find his digs, and then be able to to utilize and colonize. That is not what I wanted to say. <laughs> ah, well, starting off great. Starting off fantastic. Welcome to the Disorderly Show. This show is all about... Looking at the past week's news, doing a kind of a recap, a discussion of it. It's mainly so that I know what the hell is going on. And you guys are just along the road, the ride, the motorhome with me. (laughs) Stupid. Yeah, and well, you can hear a little sadness in my voice. Yes, yes, yet again, Sage is unable to partake. In the festivities. I don't know if it's because today's Veterans Day. I don't think that's the reason. But probably out there being a much better person than I was. Not saying I was an ass to anybody. But probably volunteering someplace. Probably uh, helping out in some areas. So that's probably what's going on. And here I am preparing for a show. Yeah, like I said. Much better person. So yes, it is the second all solo show, which will go as well as you think, because I no longer have that guardrail to help keep me honest and keep me directed. And But on the other side of that, eh, entertainment abounds. So what are we going to do? What are we going to talk about? What are we going to say? Well, you ain't going to say shit. That's what you're going to do, because you are the listener. And you might yell at it, but I don't hear you. It's like people yelling at movies. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Honestly, you're wasting breath. People's time and enjoyment are are ruined, and I'm talking about seeing it in a theater. Yeah, so theater. Which I no longer do, because I don't know what it is with this new generation, but they don't understand that when you are voicing your opinions or about them about what you're watching or about what's going on in your life that it removes the immersion in the story this is an escape thing this is a thing hey let me see something cool let me see something dramatic let me see something funny let me escape from what i'm currently in and you ruin it by talking 
So what are we going to do today, tonight, whenever you listen to this, is first, we're going to have a little bit of structure this time. Yeah, I know. The Disorderly Show is aptly named because of Go Off the Rails, which we probably will. Hell, this intro isn't going that great. But there's going to be a little bit of a structure because I want to get to some of those stories that I keep not getting to, really, that I keep missing. And for today, we're going to start off with news that you need to know. Like, this is something pertinent whenever you listen to this. (laughs) Ah, well, probably by the time you listen to this, you will have known, or we may have, we may need, wow, okay, blah, 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 blah. We may already know an update to what's going over in Iceland. They are having just a fun time with a shitload of earthquakes that are happening in rapid succession, which is causing everybody over there um, to really be a bit freaked out. Not only does, uh, uh, you know, Iceland has over 33 active volcanoes, volcanic systems, apologies, because they can be, they have to classify them like that because they may not be full-fledged volcanoes as we know them in science class uh, and the science fair, but they got a lot of them and it's also the highest number in Europe. So, hey, trivia night. So, what's been going on over there is the... uh, Numerous earthquakes have been felt just uh, around two main cities, which uh, I would, I'm not even going to hazard to try to (laughs) to pronounce their names. Uh, This actually would be a fun thing to do and educate people like a YouTube thing or whatnot. I mean, hey, pronounce Icelandic city names. Be like, oh my goodness, Uh, I have to say these while drunk because that's pretty much how they look. I hope they don't have any significance to them because then I'll look like more of an ass. So anyway, this seismic activity is obviously raising concerns about the potential of some volcanic eruption. Um, so there's already been a village, about 4,000 people, who have been evacuated because they're only three kilometers away from the what I've been told is the, the earthquake's swarm epicenter. Which you would think that the scariest thing to hear is like, hey, there's going to be an earthquake. It might cause a volcano. But then you go, well, we. how do you know where the earthquake's going to be? It's like, oh, it has. this is the swarm epicenter of the earthquake. Holy shit, I didn't think those three words going together would not only sound horrifying, but also kind of badass. The earthquake swarm epicenter. So, two significant earthquakes, uh, with the largest being a magnitude of 5.2. Nothing to sneeze at. Uh, even the mayor of, I think, one of the towns was being in the middle of an inter- interview when uh, one of those hit. And, yeah, obviously everyone's kind of shaking outside. Uh, it was felt along the southern coast and in the town and the city. and So, they caused a little bit of property damage and... Uh, uh, it's it's one of those, because of how quickly these things are occurring, that's where the concern is. So, hoping for the best, um, but that's what's currently going on around there. 
And in other news, another first news you need to know for all of you who love them Dino Nuggies. Uh, well, <laughs> don't buy any from Tyson Foods. I don't know if anybody else makes them, but anywho, if you have them, get rid of them because they're recalling about 30,000 pounds of those dino shaped nuggies. Because, get this, they found small metal pieces of the product. Metal in the chicken. And not even adult chicken. These are for kids. I know some of you out there going, oh, but I love my dino. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, hang on to your dino nuggies. Gotcha. But <laughs> you're not the targeted demographic, is what I'm getting at here. So, shitload of kids eating metal based chicken nuggets. I mean, that's one way for to try to eat healthier, I guess. Say, hey, this may or may not have metal in it. You have you, you can uh, you can decide if you want to have them or not. Oh, you don't want to eat them and you're losing weight. Ah, see, the potential threat of shredding your esophagus and your insides has caused you to make a wise decision in your dietary needs. So this recall is affecting. I mean, granted. I would be sitting there going like, I ain't, I ain't touching anything, Tyson, for a while. But they're saying the recall is specifically for 29-ounce bags with a best-if-used by date of September 4th of 2024. Um, and also, little tidbit, best-if-used by, not an expiration date. But, hmm, I don't know. It just, it just seems when you see that and you kind of calculate, okay, it's been... It's a few months after it's best used by date. Uh, I don't know. Or is it six months? Like, what's, is it never going to expire? What's uh, So if you have a 29-ounce bag of dino-shaped nuggies sitting in the freezer with the best of used by date of September 4th, 2024, get rid of it. Um, and another thing, what's kind of uh, interesting about this, while they established, or not established, but while they uh, sent out this recall, yeah, they're, uh, they have not uh, responded publicly about that. So I'm wondering if they're just hoping, they're hoping that with everything going on in the world, what, everyone, what has everybody's attention is what will stay their attention, and then this will just all blow over. Now, there haven't been any reports. I think there was one report of a, a minor oral injury, but obviously that was one too many. And especially they're like, why the heck, why why is our kid's mouth bleeding? Oh, I don't know, honey. You're the one who wants to have him eat all that shit. No, I'm trying to he's in there bickering and then you know, here's just bad, bad all around. All right. So those were two of the main things that you just need to know right now. Um Moving on to some local news in the U.S. Yes, yes, yes. So, have you, oh, I don't know, wanted to go to a gun range? Have you ever wanted to be taught how to properly deal with a firearm? Well, Rob Wilson, out in Flagstaff, Arizona, Navy veteran and owner of Timberline Firearms, wants to do just that wants to be able to educate the public on the right way and the proper way 
to not only handle but respect firearms. And he had an ad going at the Flagstaff William Airport. I don't know if that's how you actually pronounce it. It's P-U-L-L-I-A-M. Sure. Um, and he, he had already advertised in that area around 2019, but he has been prohibited from renewing his advertisement. Now, his ad, as terrible as it is, shows people smiling and holding guns. And he is the instructor at the range. So you got people going, hey, we're being respectful. Here, I'm the owner. I want to teach you how to use firearms. See, it's not, if we respect it, it's not that scary. And the city council's like, yeah, no, it's it's not in line with our advertising guidelines, uh, which apparently prohibit content showing violence or antisocial behavior. Now, uh, I don't know about you, but anybody smiling, if you're, if you're in a group, and you're smiling, not really antisocial. Um, if you're holding a gun, not violent. Can it be used for violence? Of course. But so can tools and kitchen utensils. And we've seen cars get in the mix. So we're, we're pretty, as a species, really ingenious on what we could use as a weapon. So not really seeing how this is breaking the uh, those guidelines anyway. But the city is considering a new policy that would further restrict advertisements related to anything firearms or ammunition or their related, what was like the branch off things or like eh, just goods and services, like the related stuff to that. So the Goldwater Institute's legal team is helping them out and they're asserting that the city's violating his constitutional rights to free speech and due process, and is pushing an anti-gun agenda. And his lawyers demand written assurance from the city allowing him to continue running his ad, or they will seek legal recourse. Uh, and Rob Wilson is hoping that the city council honors their oath to uphold the U.S. and Arizona constitutions. Yeah, you would kind of... There's actually a few stories that happened this week to where you're sitting there going... You are elected to help run everything, and you're you're not you're not running it the way like there's doctrine, there's documents here that say this is how you should do it, and you're not adhering to it at all, and yet you get mad at us or you wield the power of your office in a way to shut us up. Mm. Is it the next story? No, it's actually Starbucks, and they have found the newest way to break up unions. <sighs> let me, let me, uh, I need a little bit, well, I'm just going to take a drink. I, I can't think of what I'm trying to, I was trying to think of a cool, not cool way, yeah, maybe a cool way to be able to satiate. God damn it. Well, okay, maybe I need to keep drinking to find out or <laughs> to know what these, uh, to find the words I'm looking for. So Starbucks has gone ahead and increased pay and benefits for its U.S. hourly workers after they had a year of record sales. Now you're sitting there going like, oh, all right, Starbucks, all right. You don't have to be forced to pay people a living wage. 
uh, or adhere to the bare minimum while you make ungodly amounts of money. Uh, but guess who's uh, guess who is not getting a raise or uh, or better benefits? Yeah, any store that unionized, yeah, any unionized workers are not going to receive some of those benefits. So the new wage increases starting in January are going to vary by tenure, with newer employees receiving about like three to four percent raises. Uh, uh, but that is not being extended to unionized stores unless it's going to be negotiated with the union. So, obviously, a lot of legal stuff occurring, but, I mean, that is a, that's a diabolical way to tell the other stores, hey, look, we're taking care of you. We see the amount of money we're making, and we know it's because of you. So we're going to give back. We're going to increase a few things but for anybody else who wants to unionize and actually put our feet to the fire uh yeah no no we're gonna drag this through the fucking courts to force you to either ununionize or gonna make it hard on you jesus christ that is now this approach uh goes against a September ruling by an NLRB administrative law judge. What the fuck that is? I don't know. Uh, But they found it unlawful for the company to increase pay only for non-union workers last fall. So Starbucks is appealing it, arguing that their uh, standards prohibit employers from making unilateral changes to the wages or benefits. And so while this is still being uh, in the court basically decided in the courts starbucks went ahead and went hey we're doing this it's going to happen in a few months any other store want to unionize guess what you're not getting fucking diabolical <sighs> but are you going to realize that once you buy the starbucks no no it's the same reason why we all have fucking phones and uh, all these ease of use things that make our lives over here just a bit better than what's going out Around the rest of the world, hell, Venezuela is a starving fucking country. We all know what's going on in Israel and Hamas, uh, or and within uh, within Gaza, and no one's really talking about Myanmar though. But there's still a conflict going in there. I could, I what is it, a dozen conflicts still going on, like actively going on in Africa. Yet no conversation about that. That's one thing I noticed so far ever since the ground war, or I guess you could say ever since the hospital was hit not by israel but by uh another group it wasn't directly tied to hamas but somebody else that was playing around in there and didn't know how to use their weapons that they were assigned to apparently but there's been a steady increase in the world of saying hey there needs to be something done you guys need to this the fighting needs to stop and i'm sitting there going yeah, yeah, because the it's it this is this is exactly what the US ran into when doing its whole war on terrorism, a war on terror. When you're not fighting a country, it's hard to it's hard to get the people back home to understand what you're experiencing because when you have the enemy holding up in places of populace and in hospitals, in schools, 
in mosques. And you know where the, you know where the enemy is. You know exactly where they are. And you could take them out, but the backlash from the international community is deemed too much, too great, that they try to find another way to get at them. This is exactly what Israel is, is experiencing. They're, they, uh, which is why they cut all communications in Gaza. They're like, no, we're not going to be dealing with everybody telling us, okay, this is a terrible thing, terrible thing, because when you have a terrorist group throwing people in front of the bullets uh, and missiles, are they doing that figuratively? No, but when they are setting up bases where they live, Israel's going like, look, we don't, they don't want to keep going through this back and forth, but what I've noticed is there's been a, a rise in the international community and saying, hey, this all needs to stop. Yet, when it comes to all the other major conflicts that are occurring around the world, the level, the comparison in not only coverage, but conversation is vastly great. You could say that it's a comparison between the war resources of Russia compared to Ukraine. Russia's getting their asses handed to them, but they just keep, they have so much that they just go, cool, well, we will beat you when by having you run out of ammunition. We won't run out of soldiers and equipment. We, have just, we just have way too much. That's, that's the comparison with this conversation. So I, I sit here and go, why can't we, why can't, the international community be this vocal and th- and take this much pressure onto these countries like Myanmar, like the Sudan, like Syria, like um, shit. There's a few more. There's actually quite a few more in Africa uh, where we can try to stop these things. Uh, it's one of those. One of those frustrating things where you sit here and go, fuck, I really, I wish I had the financial resources to be able to get into a place where you are able to dictate the laws, or at least being, maybe that's the hope with this, is that not only do I learn about what's going on in the world, but also maybe, maybe at some point it becomes a... That's it. Yeah, becomes a blank. It's a fill in your. It's it's a Mad Lib show. That's what it is. Every so often, I'm going to take a long pause. You fill in the blank. We'll move on to the next story. Uh, influential. That's I forgot to take a fucking. Ooh. There we go. Influential. That's the word I was looking for. That at some point this show can be influential in driving these conversations and driving actions because it's easy it is easy to say you're going to do something it's easy to say much harder to do so that's why i never oh i rarely talk about or bring up anything a politician said or what anybody has said i go with what happened what's the action because 
you can get lost in the weeds trying to discern well, where do they actually stand? What are their what's their position? They said this one week and then they said this the next week. Where are they at? I'm confused. And that's exactly where they want you. Con fucking fused. And you're gonna be so confused that the person yelling at you is so confused, and you're both gonna be yelling at each other because god damn it, I'm not as confused as you are. You're more confused than I am. And then they're sitting back there going, all I did was say some fucking words. We didn't actually have to do anything. And they're both fighting among themselves. And we can do whatever we want. We can continue living off the teat of America. Or teats. Would it be better? Why does it say just off the teat? Maybe that's because, or, uh, maybe because you're, you can only suckle one unless you're really good at it. Uh, yeah, here comes the ex- explicit part of the conversation. <laughs> no, I'm not going to deviate and talk about <laughs> talking about that. But uh, yeah, it's uh, at some point. I I would hope that I would hope it'd be influenced because then you have you would have somebody not to tout my own horn, but would want to just come to a conclusion, come to a a place of like, this is how we're going to do things. And when we see these things occur, this is what we're going to do. And if we need to revamp it, let's revamp it. But fuck. It seems like we don't have, we don't have an advocate. It doesn't seem like we have an advocate now who is pulling for the betterment of everybody. One that can sit here and go, look, like your position, like your position, not somebody who's going to be like, hey, you're straddling defense. It's like, no, I understand. Uh, guns can cause a lot of problems and a lot of heartache. But the solution is not get rid of all of them because history is littered with the example of when the populace is not armed, the gover- and the government's the only one armed, guess what eventually happens? The people suffer greatly until they're able to get arms and then be able to take back their country. That's just an example, but that's my hope, is that there's, at some point, maybe this show, maybe somebody else, just an advocate to go, hey, let's all, your position's this, your position's this, let's bring in and take the best positions of those or the best parts, yeah, there we go, the best parts of those positions, and then we come to an agreement on what we'll do as we go forward. Like, for example, percentages on fines. I think that's a great idea. Why? Well, because not only do you incentivize, well, it's not incentivization, it's going like, look, you're going to pay your fair share. If I make bare minimum, if I make what, 24, 30,000 a year and I get a fine for $1,000, that hurts a lot more than somebody who's making $200,000 a year and has to pay that fine. But if it was based off of what you make, the percentage is like, you know, 3, 4% of what you make, okay, then it doesn't hurt me as bad. And the person who's making 200000 is going to put in a lot more money. But again, it's all percentage-based. And I am not sitting here going, uh, there's no, I have no other recourse but to pay this. And it hurts me 
tremendously. I don't know what else I'm going to do. Am I going to be able to eat this month? Will I be able to have the lights on? Can I feed my kid? Whereas the person who's making 200 is like, oh, okay. This is, it just cost me a thousand dollars to do this. They see it more as like, oh, I just have, it just cost me this much to be able to do this. That's if I get caught and if I'm unable to get out of it. Person making minimum wage. Yeah. Doesn't have that. So you set it to a percentage, then you make that a national thing for companies to where, oh, you're fine. Yeah, we're not going to find you, which we're going to come up here uh, later on in the show. There, I know there's a story about Apple, and yeah, they got fined for doing something. You're like, oh, well, I, I don't think that's going to hurt their sales at all. But they were fined a measly amount compared to what they make. And so that's not an incentive for these businesses to stop what they're doing. They're just going to continue to do that. They're just going to factor that in to their calculations of, all right, when we get caught, it's going to cost us this much to pay that fine. Cool. And we would have made triple times that. So we're good. <sighs> and see, I would love to drive that conversation or be have that conversation be something that's driven to where it can actually be impactful and help everybody out. Ah, well, with that, let's move on to the next story in the U.S. So, if you live in South Dakota, guess what's happening there? <laughs> happening there? I just had a quick image of like, who? Um, so, the ACLU is suing the state because of the limits that they put on personalized license plates. Yeah, the, so the lawsuit was filed on behalf of an individual who has a business called Reswid, whoops, I butchered that, apologies, Reswid, indeed. So he wanted a license plate that said Reswid, and the MVD said, no, we're going to reject this because it's in poor taste. Hey, government official, you are not the arbiter on speech. You don't get to tell me what I want to put on my fucking vehicle, or what I can wear, what I, what I want to say on said clothing item, or what I want to have on done in my house. But if you live in an HOA, I feel sorry for you because, God damn, those things are, ugh, they're, never hear anything good about an HOA. But if you don't live in one, you're, able to, you're then able to go, hey, I can put up shit in my house. Yeah, it may be in poor taste, but it's not against the law. And that's what the ACLU is trying to do and help this uh, this individual out with, hey, look, it's just a it's, a, it's to help promote my business, which they're advocating for the legal sale and use of marijuana on Native American reservations, which I didn't realize was something they couldn't do. You would think of all the places in the U.S., the res would be a great place for that business to thrive. Why the fuck is it not allowed? I have no idea. But that needs to change. That needs, yeah, that would be, I, I, I'm surprised they're not allowed to. That's That seems like a restriction that maybe it's because it's designated as a federally, it's against the law federally. That's why they're not able to do it. That's what my smart part of the, my brain is is conveying to me, but uh, yeah, so 
<laughs> hopefully, they'll be able to come out on top and say, yeah, give me all. Oh, that would be great if they did come out on top, which I really don't see how the state has a winning hand here. Uh, if somebody did get the license plate that said poor taste on it, that'd be fantastic. Speaking of what the fuck, which I think as we get more and more into these stories and the news that happened in this week, that's going to become more of a theme of this show. Activists in, I think it's Atlanta. Yeah. Activists in Atlanta uh, accused of vandalism at a proposed public safety training center um, known as, you know, the, or not acronym, but the, uh, uh, it's, Known as Cop City, uh, which you would think, why you, <laughs> wait a minute, you want to have cops to have better training so when they're in stressful situations, they don't react immediately and end up killing somebody? You're vandalizing in an area that is going to help them with that, but they're saying that the area is going to be more, it's going to help those cops become more uh, militarized. And they don't want that there. Anywho, the reason I picked this story to bring up is because activists, you know what they've been charged with? Not vandalism. No, because vandalism isn't under a RICO charge. That's right. Activists have been arraigned on RICO charges. You know, things that typically are done for organized crime and drug cartels. What the fuck? Oh, Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not saying that they were they were angels. They're fucking setting fires and breaking windows. Well, that but that is uh, vandalism. Uh, yeah, I yeah. But uh Rico charges there's so not only when I saw that I was like, "What the f- what?" But also when you get charged with something and you go into court with that charge, that's what you're being charged with. So then if they don't meet the criteria, which I don't think they will, then they're going to be found not guilty. And the entire court proceedings and everything would have cost taxpayer money for something that they obviously knew the defendants didn't meet. <sighs> but yeah, so activists, RICO charges, yeah, they're just trying anything, I guess. Hey, do you remember? <laughs> hey, as if I'm hoping that Sage just what what? But <sighs> take another. I'll take another. I'll take a sad drink right now. Oh, I sound like a puppy. Oh. Um. So because of uh, opioid painkillers, they're the prescribing of it has been reduced which it should be you would think after everything that happened ketamine is now being the replacement so it's a surgical anesthetic and it has a history this was awesome to hear this it has a history of being a psychedelic therapy yeah back in the day it was used in psychedelic therapy as a treatment for uh, so ketamine, they want that to be to replace what opioids do in treating uh, as a treatment option for chronic pain. Well, it is surging. The prescription for this is just 
it, there was a, a vacuum in the it opioid sized opioid sized vacuum. I can, if I really want to, I can announce the words that I, I mean to. Good lord, I have way too many conversations in my head, like this one right now. Uh, so there's this huge hole in the prescription business. Yeah, it's, it is a business. I mean, you've got to, if you're making pills to make people better, well, if you, pain is always going to be something that's going to be there. So, hey, this is going to be a cycle. This is going to be a circle business. Uh, you, That's the first time you've heard me say that, but that is something that I am, I think that's the best business strategy is a circle. Something that never stops throughout the whole entire cycle. It never stops. It's not a straight line. It's not a. It's not a loop de loop. It's none of that. It's a circle. Like purchasing a home or own, being a homeowner, it's a circle. Why? Who do you know is staying in their house for thirty fucking years? Yeah, your grandparents or great grandparents. That's who. Not anybody anymore. They tend to just chill out in a place for a decade, maybe fifteen years, and then life changes, and they're able to move on or downsize, but guess what? They never own the property. They just put money into a place that appreciated, hopefully, and then you're able to move somewhere. But again, you're once you die, do you have a piece of property that's completely paid off? No, you do not. And so with the prescription prescribing business, same thing. Somebody has chronic pain, guess what? We're not going to we're not going to try to find a way to eliminate the pain. We're just going to give you pills to treat it. Because why why should we try to cure something when we can make a lot of money off of it? So ketamine is filling that hole and for-profit clinics and telehealth services which, well, wink wink, uh who was it? Amazon was the latest one to jump into the telehealth uh, bandwagon? That doesn't seem right, right? That's not the right word. Uh, pool? Uh, group. Let's go with group. The telehealth group uh, joining, uh, I believe, I know Costco, so we'll stick with that. But I think there's another one. Uh, but again, am I going to research it right now? No. Busy recording. Doing the show. Can't do that. Um. Uh, so the so not only is this being utilized as the prescription, but there is uh, there's limited research on its on its effectiveness, and uh, raising quick concerns, which is good good that uh, that these concerns are coming up now instead of years later uh, about the potential repetition of over-prescribing the drug, which, again, is kind of what the prescription prescribing business wants to have. Uh, but this was something else I was sitting there going like, well, as side effects go, remember when I mentioned that this thing was used as a psychedelic therapy back in the day? Guess what side effects you're going to get? You're going to get some visual disturbances and hallucinations. Which, yeah, as a, do I do I want to sit on the toilet all day? 
or be near it all day, or do I want to trip the fuck out? Uh, yeah. Some people, column A, some people, column B, some people, both, I guess. Because you get so tripped out, you're just like, I need to go to the... Maybe that's it. Maybe you're tripping out is consoling how terrible you've treated your toilet in the years past. Because nobody goes in there with good intentions. <laughs> it's all about, hey, I need to get this business done. You need to catch all of it. And we'll, and that's it. I will not... <laughs> will not... I won't bring in good vibes, basically. <laughs> it's always in a rush. <laughs> uh, if you can't laugh at your own stupidity, well, people will try to laugh at you. President Joe Biden. See, even without Sage here, you could just put in bad transition to help out. Uh, he is confirmed. His 100th, 100th? Yes. 150th. Federal judicial appointment setting a record with a hundred women being appointed to the bench. So that was good to see. Good to hear. Uh, Ohio voters, if you didn't know, voting was this past week. And Ohio voters have voted on two things that the Republicans are just, it's their worst nightmare. They're going, the Ohio's becoming the 60s all over again. There's too much Fucking and smoking the marijuana. That's what they approved. That they wanted the abortion or, sorry, reproductive rights. That's what that's what they want. Reproductive rights in the state's constitution, which there are already some Republicans in the state who are trying to find a way to not enact that. Which again, I'm sitting there going. You were the one fucking elected, not to not to dictate to me what I want to do with my life, but to help govern the state, the city, the municipality. You shouldn't be able to sit here and go, well, you voted for me. You wanted me to be your representative, and so I know what's best for you. It's like, no, you don't. For one, your corruptibility is just like really low and cheap. <laughs> You're not an expensive person to corrupt, and which is very concerning for somebody in, in places of power. I'm going to send you to this place of power to where you can decide what we all will be agreeing to do and abide by, and yet you don't have a high level of corruptibility or at least a high price, just a few hundred thousand dollars in a fucking car. Shout out to Senator Menendez. That's right. We do callbacks on this show when I remember. Yeah, so they, uh, not only did they want to enshrine the, enshrine the reproductive rights within their state's constitution, but also they want to partake in the ganja, the non-medical use. If you didn't catch my drift, uh, you got to be 21 and over to use it. And the new law will permit the purchase and possession of up to two and a half ounces of cannabis and home cultivation. And a 10% tax of cannabis purchases are going to fund administrative expenses, addiction treatment, municipalities with dispensaries. Uh, it's going to be a boon. 
this is what the twenty fourth state, I think it is. It's 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 up there. It's like okay, we're my math is right here. We're getting really close to hitting that halfway mark to the point of like okay, come on, let's just make this. Just remove that from the list of dangerous drugs, which, yeah, some of them are like, yeah, yeah, we we don't need this rampant within our communities. And remove it and just be like, cool, this is what it is. All right. And just move on. Use It'll be one less thing that politicians can utilize as a way to, hey, I'm going to run on this, this one specific thing, but I'm going to be asked to do and decide on hundreds of different things, but... You're going to like me because you are agreeing with me on this one thing. Not realizing I have to decide and do other myriad of things. And you're not electing and you're not seeing me as the person I am and what I've done in the past. You know, actions, that thing I talked about earlier. You're going off of this one thing. And and you wonder why. Your area isn't doing as well as you thought, as you would hope. Yeah. Well, the state of Iowa has approved, oh my God, this fucking story. Oh, okay. Buckle up. This is a rough one. I am, uh, I'm telling, you know what? You know what? You know what? You know what? Yeah. I'm getting low. Let's get low. What is that saying? I f- I'm going to remember that from... Oh, it was Al Pacino. He didn't say it, but it was from the previous show I said where I couldn't fucking remember that actor's name. Al Pacino. See? Callbacks. If you listen to the show weekly, then you would know what I'm talking about. If you don't know, if you have some free time, go listen to past shows because they're all relevant-ish. Uh, and well, at least you could pass the day, at least. I've I've have that ability to be able to talk about damn near anything and make it somewhat enjoyable to where you're like, oh, I didn't realize time can fly that fast. And then I say, because you've been having fun. And then you go, how the fuck are we having a conversation right now? Because I'm in the house. What the hell's her name? Oh, God, it's not Sally from Scary Movie. Uh, yeah. Maybe I'll bring it up at another show. Maybe not. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but anywho, yeah. I'm going to take a pause real quick to refill my drink because this next story, uh, it needs to be known because that's what I do on my show. I don't sit here and just, hey, it's easy things to talk about. No, we bring up the the terribleness that is part of the world as well take any time at all for y'all but it took a little bit for me so i appreciate you being patient you weren't but hey so in iowa they approved a 10 million dollar settlement for two siblings who survived severe abuse in the adoptive home where their sister sabrina ray died of malnutrition died of malnutrition in 2017 Their adoptive parents received prison sentences for kidnapping and child endangerment, along with other family members. That's great to hear. But the surviving siblings, um, they were also former foster children, claimed that the Iowa Department of Health and Human Services failed to protect them from extreme abuse and neglect and initially sought $50 million each, but then they settled for 
five million apiece afterwards. So the children, why? Why? Okay, let me get through this and then I'll I'll state my piece. The children, they they suffered from torture and abuse, including being forced to eat. Oh, I'm sorry, forced to drink soapy water, stand over cold vents, eat their own vomit, and fight for food. Reports of child abuse were filed against the Rays, uh, noting signs of malnourishment and unhealthy conditions, but despite several abuse reports between 2015 and 20, or 2010 and 2015, state social workers and contractors didn't take sufficient action. couple things here. One, if you're, what is the screening process to, to get, apparently in Iowa, it just takes you breathing because not only were they able to be in charge of children, but the state went, oh, they're breathing, you're breathing, it's fine. And walked away. Now they could come back and say, "No, face, no. We, we. Here's the reports where we said things were going on. So what? You just passed it on. That's it. You just kept passing it up. If there was a fucking problem that's happening with children, I don't think anybody's gonna. Basically, you should be creating a fuss. I don't think anybody's gonna fault you for creating one, because we have many different avenues in this country to get people to listen to you might be a short amount of time but at least they'll fucking listen especially when you're talking about the malnourishment i mean jesus fucking christ if you say these kids are being forced to eat their own vomit drink soapy water and fight for their fucking food you don't you're not telling me there's not going to be an audience or people are going to sit there and go wait what the goddamn minute maybe not in iowa because you know they're not going to swear um yeah. Um, so, yeah, Iowa then looked at itself and went, oh, well, we found some failures. It's like, God damn it. And again, I don't know why. I don't know why with all of this, what they told those kids to say, look, we can we'll, we can give you $10 million right now. Just we'll sign the check and you go away. Instead of the 50. Fuck, I, do, I don't think, yeah, 50 is not, you can't put a price on a life. You just, you just can't. Especially with the amount of money that's being generated. I mean, Jesus Christ, would they say our, our, we're going to be hitting $300 trillion or something like that in, in a short amount of time with the budget that we have for the U.S.? It's like, it, it's, it's stupid numbers. It's like what the NFL does when they do the whole, hey, we're going to sign you for five years at so many dollars, but the last two years are ghost years. It's like, come the fuck on. This is not... <sighs> you, you guys are gaming the system to the point where yeah, nobody's, nobody's advocating. Nobody's sitting here going like, can we just look at these things and... Gee, I don't know. Protect those that need protecting? Fucking hell. Told you. It was rough. Um, There's a lot more to get through in the U.S. news, but uh, I'm going to do that mm, maybe on something else because I'm already getting to the point where it's getting 
close to uh, hitting the top of the hour. Top of the hour. It's close to hitting the hour, and we still got a lot to get through, so we're going to move into that where we're going to look at some world news. That's right. Uh, which I'm sure everyone there is going like, oh, yes, the world news. That's what I've been waiting for. Um, so there have been... Um, so the U.S. is actually looking to renew and possibly reform the African Growth and Opportunity Act, the AGOA. I had no idea we were doing this or that this even was a thing. Again, I I call back to all the fucking conflicts that are going in there, and eh, we could we could be less concerned about that to bring up and talk about. Uh, but this is uh, they're hoping to be more useful and effective being a training program with Africa, which I'm sitting there going like, we're not, why are we not? It's the biggest fucking continent in the world. How are we not one of the biggest partners with them? I know China is China. China is, uh, has got their hooks dug in deep, but not for very long. They're, (laughs) For everybody who's sitting there going, ah, that's China, they're going to take over everything. Don't, they don't read, or they're not a fan of history, because we saw this shit with Japan when they started dominating the automotive world and everything else, and then, oh, what the fuck happened? Recession for a long time. But they were able to stay with it because, oh, maybe they partner with the right people. Possibly. Possibly they sold their goods to the right people. Maybe that's it. So it is still going on, yeah, but it's set to expire uh, in 2025. Wait, what the fuck? What? Why are we talking about this now? I mean, granted. Oh, okay. I just, I just had an epiphany. Lightning has just struck my brain. That must really hurt. I don't know what movie that's from off the top of my head. <gasps> You know, lightning off the top of the head. Yeah. Uh, but I'm thinking maybe they're trying to do it now because of this current administration and they're not waiting to get the whatever administration that could be coming in in 2025. Uh, so although the AGOA has been reauthorized twice and it's got bipartisan support, uh there are calls for updates to improve the, uh, basically the new trade landscapes, like the African Continental Free Trade Area. So African countries favor a quick, straightforward tenure renewal to avoid the legislative complications <laughs> in the U.S. Um, so, but that was a cool thing. I didn't even know we had that, and that's what I try to do on this show is bring up stuff that you may have missed. Like this one, where the Vatican released a statement indicating that under certain conditions, it is permissible for transgender Catholics to be baptized and also serve as godparents. What? Uh, So what really happened behind closed doors is a very high up, like, cardinal. I don't know the, the ranking system. I just know there's popes and, and, oh, geez, that's, that's terrible. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. 
do I do I say it? Do, am I going to be that type of show? Uh, because on one hand, there are some who tell me, "Hey, be as be as authentic as you are." The other hand, it's, "Hey, if you want if you want somebody to take you seriously, you can't you can't be as vulgar as you want." But I sit there and go, "Oh, here we go. I I can talk through my own problems." So. The Vatican, which, how do I get back to this? Okay, so the way this came about, you know, because the, the you got the Pope and then you've got an establishment that moved around child molesters. Let's not forget that. Uh, even Spain is currently dealing with a revelation right now of where over 200,000 confirmed cases occurred. Over the years. Um, but I'm thinking what happened is a high-ranking cardinal or something like that Oh, that's what it was. It was said cardinal, and then we're like, no, the only two people I know that are in the Catholic Church is the Pope and people who were uh, molesting children. That somebody got caught in women's clothing, and they said, hey, no, it's it's actually God said this was okay. He said it was okay. Because the Catholic Church has a long history of knowing exactly what God wants us to do and not the whims of man. Yeah. It's reading. If you, one thing that Catholics have not done is read their history because I seriously doubt they would, uh, they would stay Catholic. It's just when you have an institution that is as rich as they are with the influence that they have, and then you look and see their actions, not what they've said, you sit there and go, I am not going to, I, this was an institution that is said to communicate with God and you had a policy where you could pay to get out of the sin you did? Again, back to what I said earlier, man, I'm doing a lot of calls. So this is the what the fuck callback show, apparently, where you could, uh, where if you had enough money, then whatever you do, if you have to get fined, you're sitting there going like, ah, it just cost me this much to do this. Whereas if you were making on the low end of the stick, you're just starting out and that happens, you make a mistake, and then they're going, hey, we're going to take this much, and you're like, fuck, that's a lot. Same thing with the with the Catholic. Yeah, it's a fun read learning about their history. It is. Oh, I spoke of China earlier. Here's a China story. So the Industrial and Commercial Bank of China Financial Services, which is a New York-based financial services business of China's largest bank, reported they got hit with ransomware. <laughs> you would think a country that is, well, not well-known, because there's the Russians, North Koreans, maybe China's third? I, I know they do attacks, I just don't know how well-versed they are. If you don't have a show next week, mm, well, at least they're at that first. <laughs> Making sure I'm off or I'm not able to do anything. Uh, but, yeah, they got hit with ransomware, and uh, it disrupted some of the systems, as ransomware does. No news on if they paid for the uh, for the locks to be undone, but they were able to uh, rectify the problem. And everything went through. 
Everything's fine. Maybe I'm wondering. I have I have a theory that the uh, that Russia actually did this because Putin didn't he talk to him not too long ago or was that? Nah, I think that was North Korea. But anyway, I'm sure he he did. I'm thinking it's the Russians to basically go look. We can do this anytime we want. So. Maybe in the next month or so, there could be something coming out of partnerships or some new thing between Russia and China. Um, or we just see what new partnerships China has. Uh, oh, that's it. Oh, it could have been us. It actually could have been us because recently in the news, the one of the, not, not Xi Jinping, but there is a meeting that's going to be happening soon between him and Biden, uh, but another person with a high title basically said, hey, we want to we wanna be buddy-buddy again with the U.S. We want to do that. So maybe maybe it was us being like, hey, look, we can do this. It was somebody going, hey, we can do this anytime we want. That's the main thing here. Who that actor was. They're really good because I couldn't crack it in the 15 minutes I saw the story. So great job. Moving on to a new category. I wonder if that should be the transition to all these different things, just me singing it. We're going to look at some military news. Yes, because not only is it apt for it being Veterans Day, but also I like to learn more about what's going on with the military because we focus so goddamn much on the politician. We focus so much on the, the shit that doesn't matter in politics instead of holding our representatives accountable and saying, this is what I want you to do. Hell, if only 30% of the electric is actually being the ones who's actually running things or actually dictating things, then guess what? It's not going to be that hard for you to become part of that 30%. Just It's just not. So fucking get after it. Inspirational talk from Face for Radio. <laughs> so the U.S. Army... Is uh, not only are they having an issue recruiting people, uh, which I have a way you can be able to do that. You just tell the soldiers, look, if you stay in this long enough, this is what we're, you're going to get. You're going to pay for hell. We saw er- or earlier in the week. <sighs> it's a good thing. It is a good thing where the world war, any surviving World War II soldier is getting free health care. They're getting that. So. There's about, what was it, 120,000, it's 200,000. It's in, it's in the hundreds of thousands that, uh, that's it, Hun- yeah, 120,000. Had millions, millions of soldiers go, 120,000 left. Um, which irritates the fuck out of me because... Just like with the 9-11 responders, how it took so long for them to actually get health benefits because of what they did in the aftermath and all that poison they were sucking in day in and day out, that it took so long that a lot of their members died. And eventually, Congress passed it and they made everything work, but it's sitting there going like, you know why people get upset at... You know why people get upset when you don't act 
it's because, or you take time off, or you basically you don't have real conversations and you have this stupidness in between is time. Time is continuing. So it seems more like a delay tactic to me. Instead of doing the right thing and, hell, we're spending all this money. We're making the money up. I mean, fuck, we're humans. We're All of this we're doing not from a divine being or we're not doing it because of some other external force. We're doing it because we all agreed to do it. If we wake up tomorrow and go, you know what? The dollar isn't worth shit. Or I don't want my vehicle anymore. Or some other, I'm not going to wear my shoe. Uh, something else. Like, you could do that. That is not something that is, you're not being prevented. No matter what country you're in. I know I brought up vehicles and then, you know, Saudi Arabia. Some can't do much there. Can't do anything in Afghanistan. I get that. And I'd be actually surprised if you actually got this show in that country. But it, it, fate seems to make it where once you say something and you're like, ah, this will never happen. And it happened. Morgan Freeman's voice comes on, narrates, and it happened. That we're, we're, all of this we're just agreeing to. We're agreeing to these things. And so you can... Hold your representative accountable for how you want them to act. And if you're vocal with them, again, small percentage of the electric actually is involved in this shit. It's not going to be that hard for you to become one of those vocal people to actually get some shit done. Moving on, because I don't know how I'm going to loop back to that. I may think about it later, or I may think about it. I may recall it later. Whoo! Oh, that's right. Uh... Recruiting and how the army always is not able to hit their goals. Um, yeah, my thing is, hey, why don't you just tell the soldiers, you're if you're in this long, then this is what we're going to pay for. If you retire, hell, we're going to get you a house and healthcare. Da, 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 da. If you're in for four years, you're going to get a car. You're going to you incentivize it to where it's like, hey, if I it's it's that business trend, it's that business tactic where. Let's say you have three prices for something. You have a small, medium, and large. Now, you want people to buy the medium. That's the most. That's the product you can make the most off of. So what do you do? Apple does this all the time. They scale up, and they do a great job at it. So what do you do? You make the medium price so attractive that that's the common sense one. For example, small, let's say that's going to be 10 bucks. It's going to be 10 bucks to get the small. It's going to be 13 bucks or 14 bucks to get the medium. Let's say 14. It's 14 bucks, $4 more. But then to get the large, it's $24. So now I'm either spending $10 for a small, $14 for a medium, or I'm spending 24 for a large. Well, fuck, it's only $4. Let me go with the medium. So you do the same thing with the recruitee. Are they called recruitees? I don't or recruits. They're called the recruits, yeah. Well, you have the recruiter. That's where I was going with that. For everyone having the back and forth conversation with me right now. Uh yeah, you do that. And you incentivize them to where they get to that medium point. 
you're going to get those that are okay. We, we spent a lot of, we spent a good amount of time. Now I want to get out or you're going to have a high, a high rate of, uh, soldiers who are going to stay in because they're going to go, eh, we already did halfway through might as well get, might as well look towards the future and get these other better benefits if we stay in this long. And of course you, you make sure that the ones that are going to finish out, you want to make sure that they are the best of the best. And you are, you're not just giving out free shit to people who are just biding their time or game the system. You know, we don't want that to be the example, but as of right now, the army has told a shitload of NCOs, non-commissioned officers, that, hey, guess what? I don't care what your job is right now. You are going to be a recruiter. And you're going to recruiting school because we don't have enough. They needed to get 2,800. They only got 1,300. So they just went, fuck it. We got a bunch of these NCOs. Get in there. Get graduated. You're going to get promoted. And then you're going to go recruit. Like, God damn. And, yeah, this has upset quite a few because it's like, what the... Uh, and this is one of those reasons where a lot of people don't stay in the military because of leadership shit shows like this. You think anybody's getting, uh, demoted or anybody, if there's any repercussions for whoever dropped the ball on this? No. All rolls downhill. Next military story, Navy Lieutenant Christina Gunsally. I hope I pronounced that right. It's spelled G-U-N-S-A-U-L-E-Y. She has accumulated extensive documentation over two years while contesting her treatment by the Navy as an alleged victim of sexual harassment. Why do I sound this chipper about it? I don't know. I forgot that this was the type of story it was, and now I'm just leaning into it even harder. Let me take a drink. And come back with a more somber tone about it. Disorderly for a reason. Uh, So basically with this story, she's going like, look, this happened, and the Navy's going, eh, did it? And, uh... What, a, what again, as I was talking with earlier about politicians just dragging their fucking feet on getting anything done, that's basically what the Navy did here. When she brought this up, it was met with roadblock after roadblock after it just kept dragging on on the investigations because they have to have, which I agree, there has to be levels and they have to go through multiple investigations so that a soldier's career isn't destroyed because of a female soldier saying, oh, you don't find me attractive or you rejected me. Well, I'm going to say this terrible thing that you did and now your career's over. But then after three or four years, it's come to find out, oh, I lied. Yeah, can't get that back. It does happen. Women are, they do that. I'm not trying to put this all on women or say that this is that she's doing this here, but you got to have those guardrails. You've got to have those levers in place to be able to make sure, okay, cool. We, we were able to confirm the story and now we can do the 
we can do the justice part of it. What the Navy is basically saying is like, yeah, no, it's uh, our position is mm, it uh, didn't happen, really. Uh, so she was diagnosed. One of the reasons they're saying it didn't happen is because she was diagnosed from a Navy doctor who really never treated her as having a personality disorder. Yeah. So she comes up and says, hey, I was a victim of sexual harassment investigations should have been kicked off multitude of them because you want to make sure you get this right and it just dragged on and dragged on and one of those major hurdles was a navy doctor not even really treating her said oh yeah she's got personality disorder which by the way has been a diagnosis that has been used to discredit service members which is bullshit it's complete bullshit because if that were the case, there would be documentation, right? There would be stuff in the soldier's file to be able to go, hey, we can trace this. We can see this. See, here's these examples. Because even if you're not diagnosed with it, you're going to exhibit those characteristics of the disorder. It's going to happen without a medical professional to say, oh, this is what you got. It's like that you don't start exhibiting those traits after the diagnosis. So, yeah, um, it's it's not great. Just Obviously, it's not great, and it needs to be these, again, when you don't have sound leadership, what a shocker. Nobody wants to stay in. Now, the Navy may be hitting their recruiting numbers, but also they're not looking for a massive amount as as the Army is. But if you're not having people wanting to stay in because they read stories like this where, oh, wait a minute. If, I've, if I try to do a complaint, then I'm not going to be taken seriously or... There's there's men in power that are they know it's not gonna work and they take advantage of it. It's uh, yeah, you just wanna bust down the door and go, okay, we're changing this this is how we're running shit from now on. Yeah, maybe a little authoritarian, but you need to straighten shit out so that everybody understands everything flows up to you. And that you're going to be with them every step of the way. You're not going to micromanage shit. You're going to sit there and go, this is how we're going to do things. You're in charge of all these things. So you are going to do the details of this. So when I show up, I know what you're supposed to do. And you can give me a summary of what's been going on. And I can make sure there's no log jams, there's no delays, and we can get all of this done. And so when there are questions of what happened, what occurred, we're able to reference back to them. Here's the interviews. Here's the evidence. Here's these things on how we came to our conclusion instead of dragging the shit on. 
So what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to skim the next story real quick so I don't get into it all chipper and then go, holy fuck, this is a terrible thing to sound happy about. I wasn't happy in the previous one, but I did have an upbeat about it. And that if <laughs> you can't have an upbeat tone talking about a serious situation like that and to be taken seriously, you, you just can't. Uh, so data brokers are, uh, <laughs> Duke was able to find out that the uh, data brokers are trading U.S. military service members' personal information at, you know, at low cost. It's uh, not that hard to, uh, or it's not that expensive to trade their data, which is very concerning because if a bad actor, bad agent, I'm learning all sorts of new words. If they get a hold of a particular soldier's information and... I mean, let's face it, you don't have colonels fucking guarding posts. You have privates and specialists. They guard, even, even they, they guard some of our most precious secrets. You're able to get a hold of you as a data broker or able, to, or not as a data broker, but the bad actor are able to get a hold of that information on the cheap? Hmm. It's not going to be that hard to convince the soldier, hey, you need to let us in or you need to do this. You need to break the law, basically. And then if you're sitting there going like, well, then they really weren't a true soldier. They need to uphold their oath. For one, what oath have you upheld? Take a look in the mirror. Have you even said an oath or done an oath? And if you had and you held to it, kudos to you. I'm proud that there are people out there that are still doing that. But for those that are just coming out going, why don't they just do the right thing and they don't have any responsibility of themselves? Get fucked. Uh, which is, you know, I'm trying to <laughs> help you out. I've never understood. Yep, it's it's rail time. Oh, Jesus Christ. And get fucked in now with rail. <laughs> Ah, so I've never understood, and this is, apologies, this had to come up during the military segment, but it's the disorderly show. It's what happens, a little bit of self-promotion, um, I've never understood the, oh, I, I guess it's a good thing Sage isn't here either, because they had a way of just disrupting the painter. They didn't let the cook cook, you know? Now, some of you are probably going, you, you're not, but okay. I've never understood some of the insults that are used. Like saying get fucked. It's all, okay. Wouldn't that be more, wouldn't that hit more if you said badly? Instead of just saying that, because the act itself, more often than not, I'm told, is quite exhilarating. So, if you wanted to use it in a connotation that's mean, wouldn't you say badly at the end? So that way, the next time or whenever they, whenever it occurs from, it'll be a terrible experience, which is what you're trying to convey. 
Also, other ones I couldn't, I cannot understand this, where everyone goes, eh, suck my dick. And you sit there and go like, okay, how is this an insult? And, of course, a lot of you are going right now like, what, what the fuck are you talking about, face? Of course it's an insult. Why? Why is it an insult? The act is you're basically telling someone, hey, pleasure me, right? That's the act. And if you want to use it in a way to where it's demeaning, then you are telling everybody that when you view people that do that as less than you. It's got to be, right? Because you can't sit there and have it on one hand going, hey, I like it when I get a BJ, and then on the next sentence, use it in a way that's an insult. It doesn't, it doesn't fit. It doesn't work. It's not interchangeable is what I'm getting at. It's too specific of a of an act, of a, of a scenario, to where it's not in, as interchangeable as the word fuck. It's just not. This is what I'm sitting here going like, when you tell me, I, I don't get told it all the time, but when I see when I see people use it as an insult, I go, do you realize what you're really saying to that person is, hey, I want you to pleasure me because that's what that act is. That is not a, it's not a terrible thing to do or to receive. So quit using it. Use it as a, you, you can come up with the much better insults than that. But if you still want to keep using it, I'm going to infer that you look at people that do that act, even if they're doing it to you, as less than you. That's what I'm going to do. Moving back into <laughs> military news. These are just terrible transitions. Ah, so let's see. What do we want to talk about? Uh, <laughs> this is funny. The Air Force is, is they're not a fan of fans. Yeah, that's right. They don't want all these fucking air farms, these large wind turbines, um, getting close to their nuclear silos, which I'm sitting there going like, how the fuck are they getting close? Shouldn't that be, shouldn't there be a, a, a big buffer zone uh, of a massive field? That way you see anybody crossing that field, you're going to be like, hey, you ain't supposed to be here. You're going to find out if there's an afterlife. Pink. I mean, I'm not going to think they're going to shoot right on sight, but how how are these wind wind farms getting close enough to where the Air Force is being concerned about it? This one of those things that you sit there and go like, how is this not already part of a of a buffer zone of a of a rule? How was because Previous to that, you wouldn't, I don't know about you, but I really wouldn't want to have, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to live right next to a nuclear missile silo. I just, I don't know, just because you can enjoy a nice sunrise. You're just looking directly at it and you're just, everything feels right in the, just the start of the day. You're like, yes, today's going to be a good day. 
Then you look to the right and you go, oh, that's fucking right. I have a missile that I'm looking at over there. It's all barren. There's nothing growing over there. That's because there's a fucking missile silo right there. What the? (sighs) It's like, again, what the fuck? Are you serious? So the Air Force is asking, hey, could there be like a two-mile, two-nautical mile, which I don't know how much bigger that is to a regular mile, uh, buffer zone around each missile site? Uh, and of course, wind farms are, or the people doing the wind farms are like, eh, come on, seriously, why not? Why don't we just put it on top? Come on, it's just turbines. It's not going to mess with anything. So, but it was that, that's why I brought it up. It was like, how is this not already in place? Jesus. Um, here's some good military news hundreds of airmen who participated. Uh, in the 2021 evacuation of Afghanistan are going to be awarded new medals, including Distinguished Flying Crosses, Bronze Stars, Air Medals, and, oh, God, what is this word? Meritorious Service Medal. That, uh, hang on, I am going to find out what the hell this damn means right now. Uh, give me a moment. I'd be surprised. Meritorious wasn't that far off the meritorious service medals so the evacuation mission known as operation allies refuge yeah it was extremely risky because everybody knew when we were leaving and uh, it was crucial because we needed to keep our word of what we were going to do um unfortunately uh because of that 13 u.s troops died because of a suicide bomber and uh, that whole thing is it that is that is a a good depiction of soldiers being asked of doing shit that they may not agree with as not helping the Afghan people I'm talking like the security that they had, how they were trying to get people in there, how would any security that they had at all of, because it didn't seem like there was much security at all, especially when you had people running on the, the, the runway. But at least those soldiers will be able to get some more medals on their, in their report. Um, uh, just thinking back to it, just sit there and go, and and this is where just education comes into play because most people you talk to go, Biden fucked that up. It's like Biden didn't agree. Did Biden didn't do that whole deal. It was done by his predecessor. Now, am I a fan of either or whatnot? No, I want to go with like I said earlier. Hey, let's hear both of your ideas. Let's take the good parts of both of those ideas, and then hey, there's the, that's what we should be doing. Not, oh, if you have a certain letter next to your name, I have to totally go with what you're saying because the other team, the other side, ah, they don't know what they're talking about. It's like, fuck off. See? I didn't tell them to suck. (laughs) Because I don't want them pleasuring me is what I'm saying. So the U.S. conducted an airstrike. You heard about this earlier in the week. 
on a weapons storage facility in eastern Syria. Because, you know, some Iranian-backed militant from Hezbollah. Um, and I don't know if Iran's back in the Islamic State, which Iraq is still fighting, by the way. Like, over a 1,000 people have died so far this year, those fighting. But again, yeah, nobody, uh, no big calls for that. Uh, now, am I, I don't want to come off as somebody who's sitting there going like, there should be no wars ever. No, no. Should be, should be last resort, but it shouldn't be this, uh, this hands-on, hands-off, it shouldn't be wax on, wax off, Daniel son type of approach it should be what we did to germany japan <laughs> where all right we're going to come in we're going to win there's just no that's a that's already going to happen and then we stay there until they act right previously germany and japan weren't acting right and they acted out then what happened we made sure we stayed until they understood. It's like discipline, disciplining a child who's, uh, who's just being a fucking terror. You discipline them to the point where they go, yep, I understand what my behavior was causing, and that was not the right way to act. And then you can let them out in the world, and that you know they will act the right way, and they won't cause, oh, i got to watch my words here. Uh, they will act the right way. We'll just cut it off at that because then I don't want to get off on a tangent about fighting against the government and if they do wrong. Da, 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 mm, yeah, if you were able to... Once once I get somebody who can be an editor for this show and actually try to stay along the same thinking timeline, <laughs> put something up of just sitting there like, and eh, just... A bundled, a bundled, a bundled, no, a bunch, a bunch, basically, uh, incoherency is what I'm getting at, at that point. Didn't want to become incoherent, especially when we're getting closer and closer to needing to wrap things up here in the military, because we still have some Good news and some wild news, and yeah, even some sports to talk about. Hopefully, I can get to them. And uh, as always, we're going to be talking about the Medal of Honor recipient later on in the show. So, uh, with that, with that strike, that's uh, that's kind of taking a back seat to the the national news of what's going on over there. But we're. Uh, which you could say because of those things has hampered what Hamas has been able to do against Israel because they know how longer have those supplies to help them out. Very likely. Um, let's see what else. Let's see what else. We already talked about the World War II veterans getting no, uh, they're getting free health care. So before you get it as a citizen, you, uh, we're going to test it out on uh, the greatest generation, uh, 120,000 veterans. They won't have to pay for shit. And it doesn't matter what their, um, it's irrespective of their disability status or their priority group. They won't have to pay for a damn thing. Hopefully it goes really well to where they get expanded and be like, hey, 
this, that, oh shit, maybe that's it. Maybe that's how you get more people to be recruited. You go, hey, we'll give you free health care and your family free health care if you stay in. There you go. Solving things one sentence at a time. Hey, did you know there's a new stealth bomber out there? Yeah, the B-21 has successfully completed its first test flight in California. So, obviously, this marks a significant milestone in the development of our next nuclear weapon stealth bomber. Uh, because, apparently, we're, we, need to, <laughs> we need to make sure we can't... <laughs> God, well, I'm just hearkening back to it wasn't that long ago where we lost an F-35 for a while. Yeah, Just seeing who else is out there, you're sitting there going like, I really... Mm. Are we are we advancing too much to the point where it's all, yeah, we're going to dominate everybody, but we could also dominate it with a few previous versions. But hey, the money's there. It's being built. Cool. So it's called the B-21 Radar, which has a flying wing shape similar to its predecessor, the B-2 Spirit. Uh, it's incorporating advanced materials, propulsion, and stealth technology to enhance its survivability. Uh, since, you know, we're now moving away from the war on terror and actually more to the, hey, it's either going to be China or Russia that we got to deal with. So let's move, let's move towards more conventional warfare. Looking in the good news, let's get to the good news. So in Phoenix, Arizona, they have cleared a significant downtown homeless camp uh, by the court said, hey, you got to do this at a certain time. And they were able to do that. They aided over 500 individuals to finding some shelter. And the cleanup began in the spring. City workers were offering indoor housing options and even closing off cleared areas to stop some recampment occurring. And about 80% of the homeless offered assistance did accept it with a new controlled camping area established for safer tent living. Because they understand, hey, we got to we got to put you somewhere safer, and we know that we're not going to have the infrastructure to be able to put everybody in yet. But hey, let's just make sure you're over here, you're safe. It's being monitored. We're good to go, and then look at better facilities down the road. Now, despite adding hundreds of new shelter beds, the city still has to work uh, ahead to provide some safe housing for all while maintaining the neighborhood standards. So that was great to hear. Um, if you're a fan of space, a record-breaking supermassive black hole has been discovered in a galaxy called UHZ1, which kind of sounds like an album, uh, and they've dated it, dated it to 470 million years after the Big Bang. Now, what makes this black hole very unique is it has a similar mass to the galaxy it resides in which is nothing like we've seen before so all the shit we put into space to see this everything to see all of this basically helped us find this thing and the findings do support the theory that some supermassive black holes form through the direct gravitational collapse of a massive gas cloud rather than the slower process of a star-sized black hole 
ex, uh, how do you pronounce that? Accreciation? Oh, I, I had this earlier. I swear I did. Uh, <laughs> but I want to make sure because I, I worked on it. And I want to make sure that you know accretion. That's what it is. So rather the uh, it supports the theory that black holes can form from direct gravitational collapse of a massive gas cloud rather than the slower process of a star-sized black hole accretion. And the detective black hole's mass is estimated to be between 10 to 100 million, so 10 million to 100 million times the size that of the sun, which is comparable to the total mass of all the stars in the galaxy of UHZ1. So that was cool to learn about and, and well, yeah, learn about. So there is a new type of company in California called Heirloom, which they are a commercial direct air capture plant in the U.S., so a DAC, which its specific purpose is not to serve butter. Eh, shout out to Rick and Morty fans there. Uh, it's designed to extract carbon dioxide from the atmosphere. So this development is significant in, obviously, our global effort to scale up the removal process of carbon so we can meet our climate goals. Now it's going to be located near San Francisco Bay in Tracy, California. And it's going to use crushed limestone in trays to naturally absorb the CO2, which is then released through a heating and reuse. And the plant can capture about 1,000 metric tons of CO2 annually. So that is pretty cool. Though there are some environmentalists that are like this. If we put this in here, it's going to delay us changing to alternative fuels. And I'm sitting there going like, hey, we can't do it cold turkey. We need a fucking stopgap. All right? We're, we're not going to... Right now, this is the only one that's able to do it. But what's, uh, what's interesting about this one is not only what it can do, but of everybody that's investing in it, most notably... BlackRock. Yeah, BlackRock Incorporated, which, you know, they are the largest money manager. Why am I, why did I self-censor? Apologies. Uh, <laughs> for those of you who are going, I want cussing and I want all the cussing now. They, so BlackRock is a huge, if not the biggest money manager in the world. And so they're investing in it so you know that it's it's not just, uh, it's not something that's just like, eh, let's see where this goes. They really think this could be something. Before we get to our wild news, I need to take a, actually, uh, yeah, why not? Yeah, we're going <laughs> to, give me a sec. So. I did realize something that I don't need to inform you guys that I'm refilling my drink. I could just pause the show, get it done, and go back. But then I'm, I don't know if I'm just being genuine with you guys or what it is. I'm, that's, that could be what it is, where I'm just sitting there going, hey, I'm going to tell you what's going on. That's it. 
hell. <laughs> and it could be those little things that help with understanding and knowing, hey, even though I just hear face all the time, I I think he, if he says he's going to do something, he's going to do it. Speaking of a bad transition, getting back into the, let's look into some wild news. So, uh, credit Hollywood for uh, scaring the shit out of our presidents. So, you remember when President Biden signed the, he came out and was like, hey, look, we need to make sure uh, when AI is being developed, at private companies, we need to have some safety uh, done by the government and uh, make sure everything's good to go. You know what that was stemming from? Him watching Missing Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1. Or, you know, that rogue AI uh, was the main uh, catalyst <laughs> in the movie. Yeah. He saw that, went, oh, shit, and went, okay, we need to do something. And why, face, why did you say presidents? Well, after Reagan saw war games, that led to a national security directive that improved the Department of Defense's computer security. So it's helpful. It is. And I guess uh, Hollywood keeps scaring our presidents. Into what you want them to do, I guess. <laughs> uh, some more good news. Employees at the Arlington Auto Wrecking in Akron, Ohio. <laughs> this was actually pretty cool. They uh, There was a vehicle thief. Theft? Thief? A thief. A vehicle. <laughs> Somebody was trying to steal a vehicle. That's what I'm getting at. Uh, on their premises, and so they made sure he didn't get away because they lifted the they lifted the car that he was trying to steal all the way up to the ceiling, so there was nowhere the car could go. And then the cops show up, and then like, hey, thank you very much. <laughs> kind of like that a lot. So in Indianapolis, a 34-year-old woman drove her car into a building she believed was an Israeli school an Israel school, after watching news coverage of the Israel-Hamas conflict. But the building, which was only occupied by an adult and four children, which is, again, one too many, for someone to plow into a school, it actually wasn't a Jewish institution, but it was associated with the Israelite School of Universal and Practical Knowledge, a group identified by the Southern Poverty Law Center as a hate group. So, uh, education, that's that's one of the things we need to elevate in this country. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, did you, yeah, I'm sure you saw or you heard about the orcas in the Strait of Gibraltar, and that's not how you pronounce it, G Gibraltar, Gibraltar, well, I think, Gibraltar, uh, has been increasingly engaging with sailing boats, and they've been ramming Ramming, yes, ramming and damaging them, which, you know, 
they're just teenagers having a bit of fun. Chill out. It'll be fine. Though, getting, uh, I wonder what the insurance is stating, what it's, what it's like when they say, hey, I also need to have insurance from, from orcas. <laughs> oh, man. I have a lot. Wow, there was a lot of wild news that I'm not going to get to because I also promised to get to some spots. Yes, a little out of order spots. Uh, so, Mark Davis of the uh, L.A. Oh, no, L.A. Sorry, L.V. That doesn't sound right, but it is what it is. The L.V. Raiders. You know, we all know this. He fired his fired Josh McDaniels. And the reason I bring this up is because coaches' contracts are guaranteed. Players aren't. So this, so Josh Dickie Daniels, Dickie Daniels, yeah. <laughs> this dude is going to get a tens of millions of dollars and just chilling out, just sitting around being, he sucked at his job. And uh, <laughs> you sit there and go, as a player, you're like, what the fuck? Seriously? He's getting tens of millions of dollars just to not be employed anymore, and yet I can't get a guaranteed contract? Yeah. That should be interesting. Oh, man, I wish I could get to that Kiffin interview. Basically, a player is going, hey, look, I'm suing the I'm suing Old Miss and uh Lane Kiffin for uh uh uh, basically because um, of racial and sexual discrimination and a failure to provide equal protection. So this kid went in and recorded him and the coach legally, by the way, basically with, uh, with Kiffin saying, hey, Calling the kid out because it sounded like the kid was saying, hey, look, I'm not, I don't want to play on offense. I want to play on defense. And then was saying, look, I need to make I need to take a mental health break. And Kevin calling him out going, so wait a minute. If I played you on defense, you're not going to have a mental health uh, break. But then the kid came back and said, no, I would. I, I would. Uh, yeah, that should be an interesting one going forward to know more about. I just need to cut this the fuck down before the show, I guess. Uh, I do want to say this before we jump or we transition into our Medal of Honor recipient, because it is getting to be about that time. The National Women's Soccer League, yes, there is such a league, has announced a new broadcast deal worth $240 million over four years. That's like 60 mil a year. Yes, I did the math way beforehand. Uh, it's a significant increase from its previous deal, which was like a like a million five or something like that, which is like what the fuck. So uh, they're going to be showing a shitload of games, so you're going to see that a lot more, and it's going to be shown on CBS, ESPN, Amazon, and Scripps, who own the Ion Network. So I didn't know that. Learned that new. So this is great. 
because now we're going to have more things to watch, more sports to watch and enjoy as well as bet on because yeah that's that's i don't know if that's the main reason but when you're able to to bet on sports which everybody and their dog can and now hey when you have more options that increases the odds it's kind of like having a lottery that's 18 numbers long good luck in getting that right you're gonna whoever hits it is oh yeah massive amount of money well that's one out of you know the astronomical hey uh his name i need sage here oh god damn it what oh good god almighty i need a uh, famous scientist neil degrasse tyson that's his fucking name God damn it. Every time I'm trying to think of, hey, this person would love to f- try to calculate the odds on this, even though it's not his field, it's astrophysics. I got that right. Uh, but he seems to be one of those that just goes, hey, yeah, I can figure this out, uh, which is somebody that you always want to have access to. Honestly, shoot, would I love to have a interview with him? Yeah, but uh, so my thoughts on doing interviews is I don't want to be in the studio. I actually don't. I'd rather be out doing something because I help, I think that helps facilitate the interview more instead of just a back and forth, hey, let's talk. If you had an activity as you did it, I think that helps out more because it's kind of like music in the background where it takes out those pauses. It, it helps keep a flow continuing to go unless... It's someone like me who is selfish and does, yeah, at the end of the show. If if you if you have, is this, if this is your first show, listen to the previous ones. I always, apparently now the trend is, this is the seventh show. Oh, my God, we're getting close to ten. Uh, where, Jesus, I sounded almost like, uh, what was that horse's name? Was it Ed? Oh, fuck, what was that horse's name? Uh, hang on, I will find this quick. Uh, talking TV horse, <laughs> Mister Ed. Yeah, it was Mister Ed Wilbur. Uh, for those of you who have no idea what I'm talking about, look it up. It's an old, 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 old show. Am I old, old? No, I'm not old, old. But mm, I pick up on stuff. Plus. You know, a show a show about a talking horse. Yeah, okay, that that kind of sticks out. That is not something that is consistently done. But if I were to do an interview, part of it, then yeah, I think I would instead of just sitting in here, do something, have another activity to do. And the Medal of Honor recipient that we will be reading about tonight is Paul William Boucher, and I hope I pronounced that correctly. He was a captain in the Vietnam War while serving in the U.S. Army in Company D, 3rd Battalion, 187th Infantry, 3rd Brigade, 101st Airborne Division. The Medal of Honor action date was from March 16th through the 19th in 1968. The following is the citation taken directly from the Congressional Medal of Honor Society website. For conspicuous gallantry and intrepidity in action at the risk of his life above and beyond the call of duty, Captain Boucher distinguished himself while serving as commanding officer, 
Company D, on a reconnaissance and force mission against enemy forces near Phuc Vinh. The company was inserted by helicopter into the suspected enemy stronghold to locate and destroy the enemy. During this period, Captain Boucher aggressively and courageously led his men in the destruction of enemy fortifications and base areas and eliminated scattered resistance impeding the advance of the company. On the 18th of March, while advancing to contact, the lead elements of the company became engaged by the heavy automatic weapon, heavy machine gun, rocket-propelled grenade, claymore mine, and small arms fire of an estimated battalion-sized force. Captain Boucher, with complete disregard for his safety, moved to the threatened area to direct the defense and ordered reinforcements to the aid of the lead element. Seeing that his men were pinned down by heavy machine gun fire from a concealed bunker located some 40 meters to the front of the positions, Captain Boucher crawled through the hail of fire to single-handedly destroy the bunker with grenades. During this heroic action, Captain Boucher received a painful shrapnel wound. Returning to the perimeter, he observed that his unit could not hold its positions and repel the human wave assaults launched by the determined enemy. Captain Boucher ordered the withdrawal of the unit elements and covered the withdrawal to positions of a company perimeter from which he could direct fire upon the charging enemy. When one friendly element retrieving casualties was ambushed and cut off from the perimeter, Captain Boucher ordered them to feign death and he directed artillery fire around them. During the night, Captain Boucher moved throughout the position, distributing ammunition, providing encouragement, and ensuring the integrity of the defense. He directed artillery, helicopter gunship, and Air Force gunship fire on the enemy's strong points and attacking forces, marking the positions with smoke grenades. Using flashlights and complete view of enemy snipers, he directed the medical evacuation of three air ambulance loads of seriously wounded personnel and the helicopter supply of his company. At daybreak, Captain Boucher led a rescue party to recover the dead and wounded members of the ambushed element. During the period of intensive combat, Captain Boucher, by his extraordinary heroism, inspirational example, outstanding leadership, and professional competence, led his company in the decimation of a superior enemy force, which left 156 dead on the battlefield. His bravery and gallantry at the risk of his life are in the highest traditions of the military service. Captain Boucher has reflected great credit on himself, his unit, and the U.S. Army. Did it seem like I, uh, that was, uh, I took a different tone with that? Yeah, because I recorded that earlier because I wanted to make sure... Not only did I make sure to pronounce everything correctly, but also I just feel that's a bit more, I need to put more, you need to put more respect on his name is what I'm, what I'm getting at. Well, that's the show, the seventh show, the second solo show without Sage in, and uh, hopefully I did well. You did well, babe. That's not the quote. Appreciate you listening, everybody out there continuing to support the way you can, which is currently just listening because I haven't set up any Patreon or any other way to to help out. Um, and at some point, I might tell you how to reach out to me. Maybe. I don't know if I want to read all your guys' shit because, you know, I'm just doing this for myself. This is something for me. 
Now, do I listen to my past shows? No, no, I do not. I'm like Johnny Depp in that sense, to where I don't listen to the shows as he doesn't watch his own movies. I think I do well enough for that one and just move the... (laughs) Which could cause some confusion, Uh, but that's where you come in at some point to help me out and go, you already said this in the episode, this and that, and I was like, oh, well, what else did I say? Because that'll help spur the context, and then I'll be able to explain myself, which is selfish. Appreciate y'all. Bye. Bye. Why the fuck did I say bye? I don't know why I say bye. Jesus Christ, that's like saying, hey, the waiter saying, hey.